Hi, welcome back to another gratuitous episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. I see that we're experimenting today. You know, it is. It is. Uh, it is experimental. We are experimenting. And, uh, you know. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be your... I'll be your mad scientist. You need to be good. All right. You need to behave yourself. Why? It's been a day. This is a family show. As you've said many times, you got to chill out, my dude. But, well, all right, y'all get ready to get bored. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm just kidding. You're in a weird Uh, mood tonight, man. What's going on with you? What, What did you have for breakfast? I, well, I had Kung Pao chicken for dinner and that was about 15 minutes ago. So, okay. So we'll take a break in the middle. I see. All right. Yeah. Well, it's, (laughs) I didn't get it from KFC. Well, I, do they even make that? Thank God they don't. I, cause I was thinking of like Panda Express, which I guess is about the same. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we got it from a legit Chinese food restaurant, like oh, it's okay. very it's, nice. It's actually super, super. Duper Not to good. pick on uh, on Panda, you know. It's it's fine. Yeah, they could take it. It's fine. You know. You know. You could do worse, but you could do better. Like like KFC, you could do. <laughs> yeah, he, that's that. Man, we're like we're really uh, we're really putting the heat on KFC. I mean, yeah, it, it's well earned. I mean, after as many times as they've put the heat on my guts, I think yeah. it's only fair. Yeah, they've. I think they've put the heat on all of us. I Who, mean, what kind of genetics do you need to like get through that? I I just, you know, I feel like nowadays, uh, eating KFC is even more risky because, like, with COVID. When you eat KFC, the symptoms that show up after you eat KFC are like pretty close to the symptoms you get with COVID, <laughs> aren't they? I don't think so. Uh, they're not. <laughs> I, like, I mean, yes. And <laughs> fever, body racking pain, a, a, a ceaseless desire to as soon as possible <laughs> oh, wow oh my gosh <laughs> so no more kung pao chicken for andrew uh that's my takeaway so far from this mine episode mine is more kung pao chicken <laughs> for andrew oh mm. my gosh mm. although I-, I do like it man there's nothing oh, like it's... the uh, the combination of like chicken and peanuts they just they just uh it really go does to- work they go together like Ramalama Ding Dong. They they do. I how is Ramalama Ding Dong? <laughs> is that four things? I was always under the impression that those are four pieces of one individual thing. <laughs> like it's like the Ramalama Ding Dong, right? Listen, no, <laughs> it's not. Haven't, haven't you ever seen Greece? I I have, we but I try together. to break. Yeah. It, All right. But but then it's like one thing. They just say it <laughs> like a single item. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to start the show. How and, are uh, you? 
So I'm on anyway, fire tonight. I'm having baby. a great week. Thanks for asking. Um, I am interested. I've I've <laughs> seen I've seen your posts about yeah. uh, about the class and stuff. And dude, I am so stoked for you oh, and good. those kids. Like, it's so cool to see what you're doing over there. Yeah, it's awesome. I I really like it. And just so like anybody who's listening understands, like basically I teach Dungeons and Dragons class. Anyone's been following the show, you know, knows that um, living the dream. You know, if this is your first time trying it out and you somehow got through that intro, then you're uh, welcome. (laughs) I teach uh, (laughs) I teach high school, and I have this new class called interactive storytelling, which essentially is D and D class. But you know, I try to get in. A little deeper, right? We I like to talk about sort of the table etiquette and mm. how to sort of like give your best to it. I talk about some storytelling fundamentals uh, and that sort of thing. How love is the secret ingredient? Actually, you know, it comes up. It's a big part of it, and really? it was something that. Well, of course, you know. Well, I mean, I'm I'm more I'm more curious as to how uh, sure. it gets approached in a in a setting with a bunch of high schoolers well here's the here's another secret for you you know i like secrets the you know high school students are interesting characters because they are like kind of adults but also definitely children you know yeah definitely it's it can be (laughs) a little bit confusing right because they're all like tall and Many of them, their voices are, you know, settled as to where they're going to be. And, mm. you know, they basically look and act. Well, act might be a strong word, but, you know, <laughs> some of them definitely act like adults. You know, you might be giving some a little more credit. than. <laughs> but the thing warned. is, is there is something to like, if you make an emotional connection with young people, they, um, their ability to learn is just like greatly magnified mm. their, their willingness to, to try what you ask, you know, in terms of learning sure is, you know, just absolutely turned up to 11. And I'm, I'm actually experiencing both extremes right now because oh. my first period is, is when I have interactive storytelling and mm. it's going so well, That's like a good it's, way it's to start the day, man. It's a wonderful way to start the day. I look forward to it every day. I get up, I have coffee, and I have interactive storytelling. And those are like the two big highlights of the morning. Oh, And it's go. just fantastic. You know, and I just, I've gotten to the point where they all basically know how to play. And I, I just say, you know, go. Now I take role and, and more I'm, it's not even me doing, doing, I'm not doing anything anymore. Which oh, is great. That, dude, that's that, the best way to teach. Don't. <laughs> really? <laughs> Don't kidding. do anything, right? <laughs> but yeah, but it takes a lot of sort of setup before sure. that. So, you know, I, on the other hand, my other three classes are, are Photoshop. And I just, uh, I've been doing it a long time and I don't, I just don't have the same enthusiasm, you mm. know? And it's just, I mean, it's hard to be, passionate about photoshop i think and you know at least it is for me and and i'm having a hard time with that and because of that i have in many ways failed to develop the same relationship Mm. i've I've got a few kids in each class that i've i've connected fairly well to 
but for the most part, it's kind of been a struggle. Mm. And, and all, so all three of those classes are all Photoshop. They're all Photoshop. So that's also Ooh. been challenging because boy, it's just, you know, try to explain the pen tool to someone that doesn't want to learn it, you know, three oh. times in a row, you know, like that's pretty fun, man. <laughs> so, um, anyway, they're, but they're great. So the, the, the main thing I'm trying to say is, yeah, the secret ingredient really is love because, mm. you know, there were a couple of times where I got up and I, and I said, Hey, pay attention because let me tell you something. I care about this. Mm. I love this. Yeah. And I, and I want to, I want to share <clears throat> what I care about with you. That's and like, cool. And even just something like, Oh, he really, he really cares. Mm. Right. That, that kind of takes them aback. And like, all you have to do is be sincere. Yeah. You don't have to be mean or overly sweet, you know, just tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and how many times have you been able to say that in front of a high school class that you've taught? Yeah. It doesn't come up too often, honestly, which makes me question, you know, what have I been deciding to do with my life? Right. And and I just never thought of having D and D be a class. I always thought of it as too fun to be a class, I guess, which is sort of stupid sounding now, you know, like, cause now that I've done it, it's like, and and I mean, I almost should be, of course it should be like now it's obvious, Mm -hmm. like how not only like how enjoyable of an experience it is, but also how fulfilling I feel it is. Right. Well, And and how it's also helped those students just, come closer together at their tables that and it makes me think that i'm the kind of person who i personally believe in at least to some extent that in life we all have we all have a path that we're on that we may not always um be fully or or maybe even at all aware of but i think that you know in life we we all have you know a something that we that we are supposed to and will ultimately do and mm. and i think and destiny you know, right and um and i there are definitely going to be a billion probably roundabouts four or five billion people out there who think that that's a bunch of nonsense but I feel like the struggles that you've gone through with teaching and, you know, finding your, your place in that sort of arena and everything may very well have been to lead you to this, to, to well, maybe to lead you to a place where you're like, okay, I, I've got the principles of teaching down. I know how to do it. I'm familiar with the environment. I'm familiar with the with the the uh, the school system uh, and structure and everything and uh, the inner workings of the faculty and all that. So you were correctly placed to be able to execute an idea that is perfect for you. Like, I feel like this is a class you were freaking born to teach. And it sounds like it's going as well as it absolutely ought to go. 
Well, you know, I uh, I don't want to get too uh, religious or philosophical, but I will say that, um, you know, I, I think we try to make the best out of this the situation that we do sure. have, and 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 this is definitely going well. Mm-hmm. And now, listen, this is one class. I might have this very same course next year, and maybe it won't go as hot because I won't have the right kids. You know, mm. like. We'll see. I I taught it once before. It was largely very successful. I thought it went well, but there were a lot of problems. And Mm -hmm. I had a few kids that were just completely checked out. Do you feel like this go around that you've kind of ironed out the things that may have at least leaned into those problems? I've definitely have a few huge advantages. One big advantage being we're in person. I was going to say you guys are back at school. And and that's like probably 90% of it. The other part is that I will, one, I've done it before, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I have ironed out a lot of problems. I did focus too much on this feeling like school, mm. um, you know, where just everything had to be writing all the time. Mm. Like we... If I, if anyone in charge of me ever listens to this show, they're going to roll their eyes at me, but <laughs> we basically adopted this program that essentially turns every class into English class. And they'll, they're, they would argue up and down that that's not what's happened, but I just, I don't think that's true. <laughs> like ba- basically we try to make everybody read and write every day and, 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 and look, there's nothing wrong with reading and writing every day. Per se, but I think I think I went too hard in that direction, mm. uh, you know, in, in an effort to sort of please, you know, the people that that grade me. Sure, you know, and I had so in some ways sort of let down the kids. Mm. No, I mean not to go, you know, life isn't all about extremes, you know. And sure, I, I'm sure I learned something from that, and and there's something very useful there. But I will say that, you know, kids just don't want to write essays every day. What? You know? Why would you <laughs> I, I not want to write essays every day? There's so I know it's kind of obvious, but they don't even want to write a paragraph every day. You know, they don't even want to do that. And, you know, instead of just like being passive aggressive about it and being like, well, in my day, you know, we wrote, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you, that's pointless. Right. Like yeah. kids want to play. Yep. And that's really, and anything that they want to learn, if you can make that play, that's the best way to learn. But, well, I mean, that's, that is like the core principle of gamification, right? Takes, well, it is, but it's even better if it's literally a game. Right? <laughs> you are not wrong. So last week I, I talked to Spike and I had my big interview with him and, mm-hmm. and he talked about how unsatisfied he was with the school system. Mm. And how most of the things that he had learned were uh, because of his connection to D&D, because of his desire to play a game and to participate in this storytelling format. Mm. And so he had learned about a lot of things based on his own research. Right. And if a kid is motivated to learn anything and they have the ability to to find those things and to, and to use them, mm-hmm. then they're going to learn a tremendous amount of stuff. You know, That's it's very, very fashionable true. to say that, Oh, kids these days are lazy. Well, first of all, every generation always says that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And and the second thing is, it's just not true. It's just that they're not interested. Right. Like you get 30 kids in a class that are all required to learn something. You know, almost none of them are really interested in doing it. Right. Like, man, why can't these kids learn math? Because they, they could care less. Right. They don't care. Right. And why should they? Yeah. You know, yeah, they should definitely care about addition and subtraction and multiplication. That's uh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. But man, why do these kids care about trig? Man, I wonder. <laughs> right. Right. Why do these kids want to all be essayists? Well, of course they don't want to be SAS. Right. You know, <laughs> of course they don't. But when it, when it comes to this class and then maybe it is just the, the roster I have, I don't know what it is, but I've even got kids that tried to drop it in the first week and mm. they are just like, and, and basically my principal was like, just, you know, give it a chance. Yeah. And, and they stuck with it and they are just, Hey, when's the next thing? When's the next thing? Oh, that's... Hey, did I, did I do what was required here? You know, that's got to be the most validating thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I have this one kid. I knew I wasn't going to get along with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was like, no, we're not going to have a relationship. This kid is great. Really? Yeah. I, I ran him in a, at a table. We were doing Storm Kings. Oh, man. And I was just doing like the, the starter campaign stuff. And. I just laid into the violence of it. Uh, maybe a teacher shouldn't do that. <laughs> but I, at hey, high school level. I, you know, but dude, this kid it. just would grin ear to ear, you know? Yeah. Just so his character was just like this ax throwing orc. And he was just thrilled to bits. Oh man, dude, man. That, and that's he the just kind loved of thing it. that will make that kid get up in the morning and go, God, I can't wait to get to school. Yeah. That kid, like sits and takes notes and I'm like, what the heck, man? Wow. Like, that's great, dude. So I've got another kid in my class. I swear this kid doesn't do anything. I've never seen him do an assignment. I had it. I had him in a different class before I had him in like a government or something. Mm-hmm. He got, he got like 5% oh. in the whole class. He just shut down. I call his parents. No effect. Nothing happens. Jeez. Right. This class He's asking me questions. He's writing things down. He doesn't do the assignments well, but he turns in something. Dude. I'm just going to pass him. I don't even care. I'm just going to pass him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that kid hits, hits 20%, I'll, I'll give him a pass. I'll figure it out. You know? Man. Cause like for him, that's like, just like a gigantic achievement. Yeah. I, you know, you know that I feel like this is also, almost like an experiment for the school system. Like the fact that you're at your school, you have had some of these students before and you've seen how they performed. And then you put them in this setting and you're trying to teach them things and they're, and they are latching on. And if you Mm -hmm. could actually show evidence of like, check this out. Through this setting, I was able to teach them this thing, this thing, this thing. I mean, imagine if you could show, oh, this math skill that they would have gone over in this math class that the kid failed. I went over basically the same kind of thing in D&D class 
and he's nailing it. That could be so interesting in terms of like the setting in which lessons are given, how they're delivered. Um, yeah. You know, presentation techniques, things like that, because I, I've heard alternative approaches to education and school have been in the conversation for like the past, I want to say 10 years, I started hearing about it. And one of the very interesting things I heard was that there have been studies done that look at the traditional method of teaching, uh, like the lecture method where you have a person standing up in front of a group of people who are sitting down watching them. And that person's talking at the crowd. Um, Yeah. That that technique for teaching is extremely suboptimal, that it doesn't Mm -hmm. work for like a massive portion of people. Um, Right. So that makes you think, well, there's got to be a better way. And I wonder if what you're doing potentially touches on that, at least in some way. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. And and even for as much as I care about this, I sometimes find that the lecture gets dry. Like, you know, think about when you're playing D&D, right? Mm -hmm. Or or a similar game. Like when, when the GM is directly engaging you and is like telling you what to do and asking you questions mm-hmm. like you're in right like no, nothing's more interesting than that right right but when it's someone else's turn or they're like droning on mm. you know or whatever like whenever you're not being directly engaged or asked to do something mm-hmm. it's hard not to wander a bit right it's hard not to want to do something else i know i have a weakness like i'll sketch during a game mm-hmm. right or, um, you know, sometimes I see people popping onto Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you try to avoid that, but you know, it's to a, a point it's understandable. And, you know, and I've had lectures go really well on the other hand, you know, where I I'm teaching government and I, and my jokes are landing or whatever, you know, sure. sometimes it's fine. Yeah. But, um, as a rule, but generally speaking, people want to be engaged. I mean, I go to these teacher meetings. And oh, it's boy. it's hilarious. We'll have people like, you know, lecture us about, you know, engagement, <laughs> you know, of and course. unaware of the irony, right? Yeah. We'll just look you so, straight in the face. <laughs> but man, that's, so that's, that's pretty great. <laughs> that's really cool. I'm, I'm so glad that it's going well. And you've been, you've been posting a lot of like different pictures and even some video and like, <clears throat> a blind man could see how engaged these kids are. And like, that's a, yeah. that's a massive achievement, dude. So major props to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I, I did post a video about it. I was just walking around the, the classroom and, and showing the different tables. And it was funny how different each table was. Right. And how oh, I bet. the tone at each table was totally different. You know, like one of them was just like visceral, combat violence sure. description you know just like this is the brutal campaign and all it's, it's like mostly guys and just like everything that the gm says they're like oh whoa yeah all right yeah <laughs> it's it's just, totally it's like the dude bro table right yeah 
And then I've got like the anime rom-com going at table number two. Oh, right? man. And, and I've got like my, my mystery, you know, um, circus freak, you know, <laughs> show thing going at table three. And nice, you know, table four is still working on their character sheets, but you know what? Bless them. You know, they'll get there. Bless their little hearts. Bless their little hearts, you know? Oh, that's, man, that's so cool. That's so So, cool. Yeah, there's some, there's some cool things going on. And uh, yeah, it's very revitalizing for me because I'll be honest, man, I was like at my wits end. I was getting ready to be done with this whole profession. Yeah. I was, I was uh, wrapping it up in my head. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking, what else could I do? Is there anything else I could do? I'm just. I mean, that was a big reason to try to start this show, right? This podcast yeah. was like, please, someone listen to the show and join my Patreon so I can be free of this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll lead there or maybe, maybe that won't be what I want. You know, we'll see. Who knows? But until that happens, um, yeah. <laughs> it is your topic tonight, sir. And, yeah. uh, sure. I think you've got a cool one, so let's hear it. I mean, I think in a lot of ways we've been doing my topic, so I, I'm sorry for, for taking so much airtime, but no, you know, it's, it's it's it is something I've been excited about. But this will be related. I mean, I've been trying to really get back to basics and to really work on those fundamentals. And we had a whole episode where we talked about that recently. Yes, we did. But you know, I, I went back to the source, went back to the Dungeon Master's Guide, and I go, you know what? If only. <laughs> I had a guide to tell me what to do. Um, Somebody really ought to Master's write guys, one of these. <laughs> Someone ought to write one of these. Um, the Dungeon Master's Guide is actually pretty useful when it comes down to it. Um, when you actually sit down and, and give it a look-see. And I, I like to run my students through it. I like to try to get them used to reading mm. the core books in particular. That's right. And so last time I had taught this class, I really focused a lot on sort of the hero's journey type stuff Mm. and kind of it was like it almost became more of a script writing class and i realized i had i had gotten away from i had gotten too big for my bridges right i had gotten in my own way how's that well i i gave them this final project and this thing was just this giant bear of a thing oh is, is this the one you showed me yeah i showed it to you yeah and I'm not doing it this time. I was, I, I was wondering. It, I realized it was a mistake. I was like, wow, that's, that is pretty substantial. It, it, it was basically a heavily structured, you know, step-by-step guide to writing a campaign story. Yeah. And, but it was a lot. And I think that at the end of the day, it wasn't even that wieldly. Like it would be a f- interesting exercise perhaps, mm-hmm. but you know, the kids didn't want to do it. And frankly, I, I think out of like 20 kids I had in that class, I think only six of them turned it in mm. and most of it was like not great. And so I ended up, you know, not having a fun time getting them to write it. They had not a fun time writing it. Mm-hmm. Then I had to grade it. Grading it sucked because it wasn't well done. Mm. And and then I felt like I had failed, which I had. Right. So I Mm. was like, okay, this is a abject failure. So anyway, this time around, I'm not having a final at all Uh. that they're, they're just got their own tables and I am no longer running anything for them. 
I walk around, I'll answer a question, but for the most part, you know, I want them to not need me. Huh. And so anyway, getting back to the DMG and what we're going to do tonight, this is the, the main thing that I want them to do. And I think that even experienced GMs need to practice sometimes. Mm. Sit down and humble yourself. Mm. Go to chapter three of the Dungeon Master's Guide and just do the basics. Okay, so we're going to do that right now. All right. So do you have some dice? So we're using Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I am using the Dungeon Master's Guide. I'm on chapter three, creating adventures, page 71. Page 71. I got my book right here. Perfect. Okay. I'm going to get my dice. I'm going to get my actual dice. Like for really though, dice. So what we're going to do is a location-based adventure, and we're just going to roll one out. All right. So I will say that Chapter 3 opens up with a great set of sort of advice, little rules to keep in mind. It says, make sure you have a credible threat. Make sure there are familiar tropes with clever twists. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure that the heroes matter, uh, that there's something for everybody, you know. Uh, think about player types. Player types is something that we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. It, it provides a an adventure structure on the next page. The structure goes like this, beginning, middle, end. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm just like, <laughs> why? This is where I felt like, like a real idiot. You know what I mean? Because, like, listen, I think learning about Hero's Journey stuff is great. And beginning, middle, end is essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it is brought down to its absolute most basic components. At the end of the day, the kids want to start role-playing. You want to start role-playing. Your players want to start role-playing. They want to start rolling dice. They want to start making, they want to begin making interesting decisions. Yeah. Yeah. The the hero's journey. We need to get into it. Can get very heady. It can, but, and and here's what I'll say about it. Cause I don't think it's not valuable. I think it's extremely valuable. Absolutely. But I will say you should study it. And then when you sit down at the table, don't like actively try to force it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the more you understand, like the more um, complicated topics about things like hero's journey or save the cat or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even rules about dialogue, you know, things like that, that we've talked about before, just let them kind of like exist in your brain. Yep. You know what I mean? And then, like, hopefully you'll naturally call these things up. Right. They're they're things that will just kind of passively work into your subconscious. And you'll just add them to to, your passives. Yeah, you'll get them. (laughs) You'll get to situations where you'll just notice, oh, this is kind of a save the cat moment. Or, oh, yeah, this exactly this dialogue is getting a little long in the tooth. You know, do, How do we I get it to move? Do right? we need to cut it off or am I missing something? Or, yeah, it, it just it. Yeah, it helps you make those perception checks. Right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You know, it, it helps your your intuition. That's right. right. It becomes it, it, it improves your GM and player instincts. And that's really what those are great for. Right on. But let's look back at this. So let's roll. It offers basically three different types of location-based adventures. It has 
a dungeon in a wilderness and other. <laughs> All right. And others, you know, well, maybe we'll go over that in a little bit. But right now I want to do the absolute just day one stuff. Okay. Uh, it, though it is, it is worth mentioning. There's also event based adventures that, it, that it offers. And that would actually be very similar to what we did when we went over like the creating a villain episode. Yeah. Um, cause it basically has you start with a villain. I have an event danger chapter and dangerous destinations. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. So let's go with a dungeon. We're going to make a dungeon. Okie dokie. Let's make a dungeon. Tell it, me what to roll. In fact, it, it, and it's also not just a dungeon. It's a dungeon adventure. Okay? Ah, okay. So let's, let's say, let's say you're sitting down to play with your buddies. And then one of your friends goes, Hey, I can't run tonight. I just, I'm sorry. I was going to do it. it. Didn't work out. That's right. That's me. That's what I did. <laughs> that's, I'll, I'll own it. I'll cop to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's talking about me. It's fine. It's talking about me. So what do you do? You just going to call it a night and go play Valheim? No. You got to. Oh, I was going to say it. yes. Sorry. I, was, I mean, maybe you do. That's a terrific idea. And if you do, great. Valheim's <laughs> a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. But, you know, like get out of your own way and don't overthink this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know I keep just like not getting started with this actual exercise. Tell but me what to roll. I've been reading a l- <laughs> Okay. The last thing I'll mention is I flourish. <laughs> the lazy dungeon master uh, is great. That's the last thing I'm going to say. Fly okay. flourish is great. Go check them out. We'll, we'll review that another time. Okay. Roll a D20. Which one is that? The- what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Your reaction was perfect. Okay. I just about did a spit take. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Which one is that? <laughs> Which one is that? <sighs> I can't imagine not knowing. If my students don't know what the D12 is, that's forgivable. You know, if if the guy we're in a podcast with doesn't know what a D20 is, I just... I'm getting off. I'm right just okay. I'm just hoping Spike's head explodes when he hears oh. that. He's gonna be like <gasps> He's gonna make your head explode. <laughs> he will he will. I'll get a Discord call and you'll never hear from me again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So okay. So the first thing I had you roll on was dungeon goals. You said you rolled a nine? Correct. You are to discover the fate of a previous adventuring party. Uh oh. That's a that's a good one. That is like a good that. one. Okay. Some of these are real winners, man. Um, but yeah. All right. Like like number eight is like rescue a captive. That's cool. That's a good one. Yeah. But yeah. Discover the fate of a previous adventuring party. That's a great, so, interesting thing. So that do. already tells us that an adventuring party did something that had to do with wherever this place is. And it doesn't right. necessarily say that that adventuring party died or something we're just finding out what happened they might be there they might be trapped they might have gone turncoat and yep you know flip to the other side and maybe they're bad guys now who the knows there's a whole ton of ways this could go this it is very interesting i'm already excited yeah absolutely so that that already has a lot of potential and and that's what really what we really want and you do the same thing with spectacular settlements when you roll on those tables. Absolutely right. And you're like, it just makes your brain move, right? Yep. So, 
Okay, number two says identify important NPCs, and it provides us with the villain, an ally, and a patron. Mm. And uh, real quick, we'll just go through those. So we'll go ahead and roll a d20. We'll start with the villain. D20. Okay, I've, I've figured out which one that is. And you know, I just as a quick aside, I just want to say uh, that you know, who doesn't like a good BM, right? a good a good brain movement you get you get all these different ideas and roll a d20 uh, andrew hey you know i just <laughs> just i had the d12 no i did okay 10 all right <clears throat> humanoid cultist your favorite <laughs> oh my god close the book <laughs> he's like i hate it we're scrapping the episode who's 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 the who's the cultist the cultist is the what like what <laughs> like what what table was that that was adventure villain okay so the villain is a cultist that's right <sighs> okay a humanoid cultist all right the originality is making our my heads just spin well Okay, I gotta explain that because Andrew hates the <laughs> one of the last big bad evil guys I had in my long running campaign who was a human cultist. God, I hate that <laughs> b- so much. So much. That's how you know he was a good villain. <laughs> Is it though? No. It no, you you did good. And I just dropped my twenty. Okay. Floor rolls All don't right. count. Next. So uh adventure allies roll a D twelve. Oh, see, I know which one that is right off the top of my head. Roll the great axe. Four. Your adventure ally, somebody that helps you along the way, is a soldier. Okay. 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 So that, that can mean a lot of things. So what do we know so far? The villain is a cultist. Ugh. We know that someone who's helping us out is a soldier of some kind. Okay. So probably works for whatever home that we're from. Fortune. Okay, soldier perhaps. of fortune. A soldier of fortune, perhaps another mercenary. There you go. Right? This person could be uh, attached to the group, right? And maybe that's why he's our ally, mm. right? The the group of adventurers that we're looking for. Mm. But who are we working for? That's who the patron is, right? This is gotcha. the person that is essentially our Deckard Kane, the person giving us um, the journey. Speaking of patrons, head on over to uh, patreon.com <laughs> slash inspiration point and be our patron and we'll love you extra. Okay. So <laughs> what are, all right. What roll are a D20. D20. What's that? 17 getting into the 17. upper echelons. All right. This, the, your adventure patron is a parent or other family member. Uh, That's interesting. So it's, it's the mom of one of the adventuring party members and they were Ooh, and one of them's maybe your brother they're they're out past curfew and she's worried sick <laughs> she's, worried she's worried sick, sick. where have you been i've been up all night she's she's that kind of mom who when <laughs> the adventurer creeps back into the house at three in the morning and turns on the living room light They've been sitting there in the dark in the arm. She sits in the couch of disappointment plus one. She 
She's got to have the the revolving recliner where the back is like to the entryway. And when the lights come <laughs> on, she slowly turns around and goes, well, 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 <laughs> look what the cat dragged in. Do you have any idea what time it is? <laughs> he, he looks at his wrist for no reason because watches <laughs> don't exist. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I, um, I I love this this now family drama that we have. This is terrific, right? Your in your your mother who wants you to go retrieve this lost adventurer is gives you her magical gloves of ear pulling. Ooh, ooh, to drag him back. That's oh, that's rough. That needs to be a magic item. You come here, okay. young man. You think about what you did. So part three says flesh out the location details. And the, and here we actually jump to chapter five. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to jump to chapter five. So this okay. actually has us paging around within the book. It's not. Yeah, I mean, just you like could a- skip to four and five and just roll them because they're literally on like the same page as the other tables. Sure. But I have my. Students, go ahead and jump to chapter five because we we need to talk about our dungeon, right? There you go. So it has um, so chapter five is called Adventure Environments, and it has a couple of tables, a dungeon location. Uh, so roll a D one hundred for our dungeon location. Oh man, okay. our dangerous destination, you might yes. say. Yes. So how? How many items are on this table? Is it actually a hundred items? Oh no, no, no. Okay. I think it's like a D one hundred. Looks like there's be. a looks like there's about twenty. Okay. All right. And everything has about a five percent chance. So, so that's gonna be a seventeen. Okay, seventeen. Could have just rolled my D twenty. Beneath again. a ruined castle. This is getting more and more cl- Oh, it wasn't a ruined castle before the adventurers went there. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's a twist. Them. They are stuck and Elon Musk needs to send some weird vehicle to rescue them. That's, <laughs> that's what needs to happen. Topical. I, you know, as far, I, I was thinking of the, uh, you know, from Holy grail, like, the swamp castle, you know, <laughs> that kept that sinking. burned down, <laughs> fell over, then sink into the swamp. But the fourth then, one, the fourth one stayed up. And that's what you're getting, <laughs> son. The strongest <laughs> castle in all of England. No tracks of land, though. They need to get married for that. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So, yeah, beneath the ruined castle. Okay. So. Who was our dungeon creator? Roll a d20. Cool. Who made the cat the dungeon in the first place? Now, this doesn't mean this is the person running the dungeon. Uh, are you? This just means who made it. Kidding me. Okay. So, the roll before last was a d20 roll. I rolled a 17. Then you had me roll percentile dice, two d10s. I got a 17. Then I rolled a d20 just now, again... Seventeen. I guess that's the name of the episode. Seventeen. Seventeen. Because we talked about teenagers, and then we rolled a bunch of seventeens. That's a Taylor Swift song, isn't it? It's an ABBA song. I, you know, Dancing Queen. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's Dancing Queen. Right. Keep going. 
<laughs> okay. What does 17 get us? He's, he thought about it. He's like, what are the other lyrics? <laughs> Am I about to commit to this? Do you, I know the words? Hold on. You will commit. Um, okay. We ain't scared. So se- if, if you did indeed roll a 17, the I answer is indeed. lich. This, this is- place was made by a lich. This is getting more classic by the second. I know. This is like straight up D&D, like in a box, like straight up. That's right. That's right. The Lich. Oh, man. Maybe what What if What if Lich is grandpa and this is a huge family affair? Oh, man. <laughs> the, and the, the grandpa Lich is that bugger on the cover of the DMG. He's right there. Oh, my gosh. You can he's see right him there. And he's not happy. He's been in front of you the whole time. And the dude that's down on the bottom that's waking up is his grandson. Oh, my gosh. Never it said was I a didn't family do story for you, son. <laughs> I brought you back from the Man. dead. What else you want from me? Hey, hey. This guy's worse than the grandpa from the life and suffering of Sir Brandt. Oh, oh, oh God, that guy is the worst. Hey, I was a jerk. He's so mean. Anyway, right, roll a d20 because our main villain was a cultist. Come on, 17. Yeah, 10. <laughs> 10. Okay. Right when I don't. Interesting. Your villain, the cult that he was a part of, was the Elemental Water Cult. What? <laughs> now <laughs> they, we're they talking. Were- now we're talking there's there is that's just weird that's that is andrew brand weirdness right there i love it he's he the water cult he okay so the the lich built this place that's right but a a an aquacultist took over this, <laughs> this place and is trying to somehow he, er- he eroded his authority he's yeah oh my god <laughs> he turned the tides on him oh she, like okay hold on though aren't like all the cultists that follow like Cthulhu and all those elder gods and that mythos, aren't they like water no. cultists or water adjacent? It, no, they're all in like port towns and stuff. There's got to be a Have couple. Have you read this Dungeon Master's Guide at all? Okay, <laughs> there are elemental planes. <laughs> oh, that's not the same as the great old one. No, I'm just thinking like. I because like the Cthulhu walks out of the sea. No, that's not the same thing. No, that's not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just because in my head, the idea of a water cultist seems patently just dumb. But (laughs) then I think, okay, I love how dumb it is. Is is there a scenario in which you could take (laughs) a water cultist seriously and there's like oh, sure, the, uh, yeah, the port uh insmith uh like i should say sure you can sure you can 
what? sure you can. Uh, okay. <laughs> I hope you know this is giving me carte blanche to say whatever ridiculous puns I want for like a month straight, just so we're aware. You can shower me with puns. Uh, you're just, I'm going to pun all over you. You you will need an aqua pun cultist to help you swim through the sea of puns that I will drown you in. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. What do we got okay. next? All right. What was the purpose of the dungeon? <laughs> Go ahead and roll the D20. This is going to be telling. <laughs> 11. Okay. Before I tell you this, <laughs> what if the aquacultist, because, you know, another place that has a lot of water might be a bayou. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's all coming together. <laughs> what? What? What did I just roll? <laughs> okay. <laughs> What? I'm sorry. What was the number you got again? Uh, Eleven. <laughs> Eleven. The purpose of the dungeon was to be a stronghold. Oh, or a dam. Yeah, could be. Oh, well. Okay. What about this? What if the lich had built the castle in order to be a fortress, and then the water cult, instead of like attacking it directly like literally just use the water magic to like sink it. They, they you know, kind of sort of like, like hit it with a tsunami. They were just like, okay, I, I'm not going to go in your dungeon and fight all your little guys. So here's just a natural disaster. Have a good time. Lich guy. Okay. So <laughs> throwing this out here. Um, and it was the Bayou barbarians. Yeah. Like, Okay. <laughs> Little they're back. Little fun fact for uh by popular demand. By popular demand. They those little buggers don't ever change, you guys. Just oh my god, just keep being yourself. They told you never step in the water. <laughs> they warned them. Okay, dungeon history. Roll a D20. All right. Net 20. Boom. Random table. Oh, my crit. gosh. By the way, the 20s are almost always the most interesting. As they should be. As they should be. Um, So 20 on this on dungeon history is site of a great miracle. Ooh, This is in the middle of a desert. Oh, my gosh. And now it's a lake. Oh, my gosh. Which has. <laughs> okay. The desert is like a basin. Oh, it was a lake before, way, way back. It dried up. Boom, you've got desert. Miracle brought the water back, but somebody had built this stronghold there. In the meantime, thinking water will never come back here. And Mr. Water Cultist is like, have I got a surprise for you? there you go boom and there and there it is man that's fantastic and and that's a great backstory and there is no way you would have come up with that right (laughs) not in a million years there's not a way you'd be like you know what i want to do i want to write a story about a water cultist you know like (laughs) nobody you know has ever said that in the history of human existence (laughs) i want to write a story about a water cultist 
But that's really awesome. That's the thing where, like, I don't know, just getting out of your own way a little bit and letting the dice fall. And like some of my students would ask, do I have to do what what the dice told me? Why? No, of course not. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, but do roll them. Yes. And that's what I say. You know, roll the dice, write it down. Yep. You still have to put it on your results as part of the assignment, Mm -hmm. you know, but when it comes down to your game, do whatever you want. Yep. You know, but definitely write it down and and give it a think. You know, right. But what if it doesn't make sense? Even better. Make it make <laughs> it make sense when it doesn't make yeah, sense. Bridging that gap. That's where that's where the f- magic is, man. It really I, is. It really you know, is. when it comes to using the random tables and stuff like that, because I, I have literally had this exact same conversation about settlements with people yeah. and stuff. And I absolutely try to tell people because. There are some folks out there, not naming names, but who really like to pick and choose their results off the tables. And I'm like, before you do that, you still can do that, but finish all your roles first. Do all the roles before you try to start coming up with your own thing and at least leave your brain just like open and fresh to whatever the tables will throw at you. And once you have all of it done, once you have all those results staring you in the face, then you could start. That's the best time to start thinking about how you may or may not want to change things about it. Because going into these sorts of things with preconceived notions or plans or anything like that, will inherently skew how you perceive any roles that you do make, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's just, we often would want to go to our first thought, Yep. right? And I had the same kind of battle in my Photoshop class where before they got started with their big project that I gave them, I said, I want you to take this piece of paper. I want you to draw nine little boxes. Mm. And then in every little box, I just want you to do a little rough sketch, less than a minute on each sketch that just sets up your composition. Mm. Right. And I just want you to do that at times. And they'd ask like, well, what if I know what I want after the second sketch? Well, do them anyway. Mm. You know, same thing, you know, get out of your way. You know, one I heard that at Pixar, they, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that in the writer's room, they go, okay, well, what's the obvious answer? Yeah. I've heard this too. And then we're like, we're not doing that one. Okay, moving on, right? Never do like the first thing. And it just really adds to creativity. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump back to the table. We're going back to chapter three. We're on that fourth bullet point. So we're going to go to the adventure introduction. Okay. So now that we know just some some brief information about where we're going and what we're doing. Going to take care of that pesky water cultist. Now let's introduce the campaign. So the adventure introduction, roll a D12. Oh, I have my 20 already and stuff. And then you 12 me. All right. Uh, Dropping it. 12. Boom. Killing it. A ghost appears and terrorizes a village. Research reveals that it can be put to rest only by entering the adventure location. And the body, the person who the the whoever that ghost was before. Mm -hmm. They were one of the drowned people. Yeah, of course, man. Mm -hmm. 
It's yeah, like definitely moaning Myrtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Good job. Twelve. Good job. Good job. Twelve. Yeah. And then you don't go on the dice. So jail. at the start, start of our story, like when we look at that, uh, that prologue, mm. right? Like the ghost appears, they scare everybody. I'm in the water. Maybe you as the player are supposed to go to like, maybe you are the one that experiences the, the contact with this ghost. And then you, you go tell the village, you know, elder or whatever, and they send the big bad adventuring team to go take care of it. Mm. Right. And they send your team, your, your group off to do some other little chore for a while. And you come back and you know, that they're like, those guys okay, never came a month back. later. This guy's never came back. Wow. And then, they waited a month. Oh, I'm sure they're you know, fine. <laughs> you know, whatever it took, you know, a week, a month, you know, who knows, right? So whatever it was, right. and they and they go, hey, these guys, they didn't come back. And maybe the ghost appears to you again. Like, how come you haven't entered? Right? Mm, that could be interesting. Very. So there's a lot of ways to to take that, but absolutely. So there's an adventure introduction. Now we're going to jump all the way to the end. What is the climax? Oh boy. All right. So D4. Go ahead right? and D12. Oh, you say D4. Yeah. D4. How many, how many, how many options do you need, right? A really good one, a really bad one. <laughs> okay. A pretty okay one. <laughs> Something entirely forgettable. I might as well have rolled a D4. Four. <laughs> Four. The adventurers race to the site where the villain is bringing a master plan to its conclusion, arriving just as that plan is about to be completed. Oh, man. (laughs) Okay. Water cultists master plan is he, he, he's going to be Noah. And he's building a freaking <laughs> ark and he's going to try to oh summon God. a world, a world drowning flood. Oh my God. That's great. Oh man. And he, I am, he's, I'm in, he's making himself a big old f-ing boat. That's got like oh a zoo. And he, he's even, we're going to give him, he's obviously mad. We're going to give him a halfway decent, <laughs> Uh, intelligence score so he remembers the unicorns. Let's see. Oh, God. What's this? Even worse, it's the guy that made the Noah movie from like the late 2000s. With Russell Crowe and Emma Watson. What a disaster. I, I, I didn't see that. I heard the, I heard the, uh, the flood, uh, visuals are amazing though. It looked cool. It looked cool. It was just a really dumb story. It's too bad. It it was basically the the main takeaway was meat is murder. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, I heard this joke. Somebody said, "Hey, uh, you need an arc? I know a guy." Uh, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> That's how you know that um, Andrew's a dad. Not you know. <laughs> not gonna lie. The first time I heard that, I actually did laugh pretty hard. <laughs> I was like, you know, I didn't think of that, and that is pretty clever. <laughs> That's pretty great. So, so we got our climax. Go. Is there so anything else? Part six. Part, what's funny is then part six goes to 
plan encounters. Like, oh, so this is still work. I forgot. Oh, but there you go. There is that's awesome. That. Now, the last thing I'll say is let's just to kind of get everybody familiar. Let's jump to chapter four real quick. But we don't want to get too familiar. Remember yeah, boundaries. Familiar. That's right. So chapter four is about creating non-player characters. And this is something that we've done before. Oh. Um, and there's some great tables here to help us build out um, NPCs. Um, I think there's a section. Yeah, there's a section specifically about our villains and we can help build on our villain a little bit. Oh yeah. Let's find out more about our, our world drowning water cultists. <laughs> yeah. Our world. Let's give him a name this, our, of the, this guy's a enigma. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Aquos the moist. <laughs> oh my God. I hate it. Let's, let's it's do it. So okay. good. Anytime you it's hear so it, you're like, oh, it makes me angry because he's got moist in his name. And nobody likes that <laughs> word. Nobody. Unless you're a troll. He said the no, no word. Oh, the no, no word. Okay. <laughs> so let's start. A, you know, first of all, I'm just going to treat him like a regular NPC. Okay. So he doesn't deserve that. Let's roll on some stuff real quick. All right. Let, let's do lightning round. Okay. Lightning. Okay, roll a d20 for NPC appearance. Freaking 17. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Really? That You need to take that die with you to like actual games Dang right. so that you always roll 17. I'm going to say, this sucker's hitting. He has a distinctive nose. <laughs> it's It has to be runny. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> He's got a big it's running like a nose. freaking water faucet. All right. But it, it's just water comes out. Okay, <laughs> next. The next thing it calls for, which is kind of interesting. And, and to be fair, this is more about rolling like rando NPCs, like maybe your adventure ally or patron or like the local shopkeeper. But I like to apply this to villains too. So sure, no reason it can't. Let's just do it as a, as a fun thing to do. Okay. So... The next section is about abilities. Now, instead of having you roll every ability score that they have, they say, what's one that's high and one that's low? Okay. So, roll a d6. All right. Doobie-doo. Three. So, is that con? That's right. right. So, his constitution is particularly good. Ah, he can hold his breath for a long time, right? Yes, that's right. He can also hold his bladder for a long time. Good for him. Good for him. Especially with all that water around, you know? It's... (laughs) So you got a <laughs> then roll a d6 i did i got a three i'm gonna re-roll yeah i got a three again screw you d6 come on <laughs> one strength strength yeah. so he better be able to hold his breath underwater because he sure can't swim <laughs> he can't swim <laughs> he sings like that's a ironic i love lull. it okay that's great actually i that's Oh, that's the best. So, you know, making sense of that's fun. Uh, he also has an extra talent. So roll a D20. All right. Yeah, that was cocked. Eight. He's great at one game. <laughs> Marco Polo. <laughs> oh, obviously. Obviously. Of just a master. Course. He's got like freaking like dolphin sonar. <laughs> he can do, 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 do. Aquos the moist champion of Marco Polo. 
all fear. All fear. Okay. Oh my. Let's give him a mannerism. Roll a d20. Oh, this is going to be great. Oh, 19. Tell me, baby. He bites his fingernails. <laughs> that was underwhelming. <laughs> well, no, it's interesting because, like, if you're a nail biter, it typically means you have control issues, right? Oh, like, okay. Or, or you're like, you're nervous about something. Like, people like chew at the skin of their fingers too sometimes, mm. right? It's like you're out of control somewhere, and like you don't, you don't feel like you have a handle on something. Oh, so he he only wanted to drown a few countries, but <laughs> the ritual he was doing was it went out of control, and it's actually something that was already is already in the works. It's already happening. The flood is on its way. He's done this already. So he's, he's got to build the boat. He wasn't originally going to, but after the ritual went sideways, he's like, "Uh Oh, this is going to be bad. I'm going to need a bigger boat. And so he starts building it to get ready for the flood that he accidentally triggered. That's now on its way. And then there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. That this is the kind of the creative exercise that you that you achieve by doing that. And that came out of nail biting. Nail biting. <laughs> okay. So now we need interaction traits. When he interacts with our players, how does he behave? So go ahead and roll it. Oh, this is gonna be freaking priceless. Okay. He's gonna have like the guy needs to just wear a fishbowl on his head. Six. Friendly. Welcome to my bubble. <laughs> you know, and this is something you had told me before because I was like, how come you guys all hate my villains? And, and you were like, and, and you thought about it, and then you came back and you're like, your villains aren't like enjoyable to be around. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't feel for them. I don't, I don't like them. Yeah. You know, you want that villain you just, love to hate. Yeah. And you guys just hate my villains. Yeah. <laughs> you just hate him. He was a, yeah, not, he's not a, not a pleasant guy. Yeah. Like, um, I think I remember <clears throat> in order of the stick, you, uh, you eventually run into, uh, Elon's dad. Did you ever get that far? Oh, I don't hardly remember anything. Oh, about man. It. It's been so many years. Go back and read it. His I should. I have him on my shelf. I'm actually looking Elon's at dad is actually quite the villain. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I won't go deeper, but check it out. It's really good. So then it says in a sentence, describe one bit of uh, knowledge the NPC possesses that might be of use to the player characters. Now we're talking about the villain in this case, mm. but they could always give away something. Oh, sure. Right. And probably that, that while they're monologuing probably right something they inadvertently say could be interesting or or knowledge they leave lying around like when you when you're going through the dungeon you find old journals and stuff like that. oh yeah audio logs uh, audio logs yeah. oh my god so annoying how many of those are in games now doom three uh, but anyway um Next, it goes over the ideals and bonds and flaws. Oh, boy. Which is great. That's kind of the staple of fifth edition. All right. So um, we're going to assume that this 
water cultist is evil. So let's go ahead and roll a D6. I feel like that's a reckless assumption. <laughs> Four. Four. Wow. His evil ideal is pain. He loves to cause pain. Waterboarding. He thinks that there's, yeah. Oh my gosh. I hear that's like horrible too. That's like the worst thing. They they do they do say like isn't it isn't it actually like against the Geneva Convention? Like, <laughs> I think there's some question there. But if you ask me, it's torture. I I would just say if you yeah I, I would say if you don't think it is, then why don't you go ahead and give it a try? <laughs> <laughs> we here at Inspiration Point do not condone, support, or another any other way encourage waterboarding <laughs> no we don't but definitely do it to your players in game oh yeah ch- ch- sure well yeah but no. that act of drowning it, could be interesting do it to the character. characters in your game don't do it to your players that you'll you'll get arrested that is a very good distinction that's true um but do drown your gm in Pizza and uh, chips and soda and other great gifts. And praise. And praise. And love. Especially. And love. The not-so-secret ingredient. Well said. Well said. Um, Let's see. Bond. Roll a D10. D10. Oh, stepping it up. Okay. Eight. Protective of a valuable possession. The boat. So that's great. That that can give us like a MacGuffin kind of quest to, to do. It's the boat. Yeah. When all said and done, that is the most valuable thing on the planet. Because he actually can't swim. Nope. So he can't he swim. Needs- it's a pair of freaking enchanted water wings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it could be like a cloak of a, of the manta ray. Because the cloak of manta ray gives you like a crazy like swim speed and it gives you like underwater breathing and stuff. You take that thing away from the villain, this guy's home. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's perfect he's like no 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 don't take me cloak oh that's perfect and i i feel like the cloak of the manta ray like that's a very niche kind of magic item like you don't see it get screen time much so for that to be like the item oh baby i like that like that's like the ultimate item of the campaign, right? Yeah. Getting this thing away. Like and maybe while he has it, he's basically unbeatable, which could be interesting. And that could play into the villain's weakness later. Oh man. Uh, let's go into flaw oh, or in secret. I can't wait. Wait. So D twelve. We did did we do we did his ideal. Did we do his ideal? And we did the bond. And the bond. Um now we're doing the flaw. Okay. Well, it says flaw or secret. So let's see how it goes. And this was a D10? 12. Dang it. I rolled a 10 on my D10, too. I was so excited. Okay. And it's on the floor. Where's my other 12? 12! Booyah! Nailed it. All right. Foolhardy bravery. (laughs) That's a good one. Like... Like, yeah, I could swim in this, no problem. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> this time's gonna be different. I can feel it like in me bones. Uh so okay, so 
I'm going to skip a few pages okay. and on page 94, it talks about villains and we're almost done. So we're going to r- roll three more things and then that's okay. It. Okay. So, uh, the villain scheme roll a D eight. Ah, see, see, this is, this is why I shouldn't come up with ideas ahead of time. Freaking four. Okay. So, this this table is interesting because you basically roll on a on a general topic and then you roll on a subtopic. Oh, so so you rolled mayhem, right? This person wants to basically watch the world burn. Yeah, I was going to cause say chaos. Joker. That's right. So roll a d six now. Right. Five. So he wants to trigger a natural disaster. Oh my god, that one's like perfect. Dude. That's like I if I picked it off the list. Oh my god, that works so yeah. well. He just wants to flood the world, right? So it is Noah. Yeah! <laughs> <It's-> um, <laughs> the universe no, wanted if- this to happen. It really did. Like, like Noah wants to, like, drown the world, guys. Oh, dude. Like, that's bad, right? It's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, he's seen... It's pretty he's bad. Like, he's like a super nice guy. No, but, like, this is, like, a really bad idea, y'all. Pretty sure he's genociding the whole world, so... I mean, I mean, that's bad, he, right? I mean, he's selling like he's selling tickets on Ticketmaster for that boat of his. I mean, you know, but him inviting you on the boat to escape it. Does that make it better? Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and roll on the villain's methods. What does he employ to get what he wants done? Roll a D20. OK, before I roll this, I have to say. This makes me think of that episode of South Park where Butters is Professor Chaos and he wants to flood the world. So he goes in his backyard and just turns the garden hose on full blast and just lets it (laughs) run constantly into the backyard. And he's just waiting for it to just drown civilization. He's just sitting there cackling maniacally as the garden hose just leaks water into his backyard. <laughs> okay. Roll a D20, right. my dude. D20. That's a nine. Okay. So this guy uses impersonations or disguise. <laughs> So we might even meet this guy like earlier on. He's just wearing a big fake mustache. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Somebody's going to flood the world. That guy sounds (laughs) super cool. (laughs) And handsome. And handsome. Definitely (laughs) does not have a mustache. All right, then let's finish this up with the villain's weakness. So this is our key to defeating the villain. Until we discover the weakness, it might be almost impossible to beat it. Chocolate. What do we got? Yep. (laughs) D20? Oh, a D8. Oh. It's too bad. I wish this this, uh, table was longer. Weakness for puppy dog eyes. Let's see. Three. The villain is weakened in the presence of a, of a particular artifact. The cement shoes of drowning. <laughs> uh, he large sponge. <laughs> large um, sponge. 
the the uh, uh, uh freaking sham wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so uh, absorbent. It's a sham wow. That's great. <laughs> Never have you seen anything quite so orange. <laughs> oh, sham wow. Those are oh man. So there you have it. Um, You're now welcome. what I would probably recommend is like going through at least with those three major NPCs, like your patron and the ally, and making sure that they at least um, had you roll on those basic NPC charts. Right. Um, I might throw in like your local shopkeeper or whatever. Um, but I would go light on NPCs at the start of a anyone story. who's gonna have a like a middling to more important role recurring role in the story or anyone who you're like, you know, if you have someone that the party is guaranteed to run into and you really want them to have like a unique personality, then do them too. Um, you definitely got to get the personality figured out for the adventurer's mom who uh sent sent the uh the new oh yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah to 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 go track down the lost adventurer that's right that's right that's that's what they uh start calling themselves the lost adventurers so i mean there's there's actually a lot of information there so what i would typically do with my students there is have them write down the results of everything that they got and then write me you know one or two paragraphs just, you know, what is this all about? Also, give it a snazzy title, right? What is the title of our adventure? Some folks just want to see the world drown. That's right. It's kind of long, but, you know, I like where that's headed. You know, it's 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 like a Panic at the Disco song title. Yeah, it could, could be just like the Drowned Keep, right? Something like that. Mm. Something that is, you know, basically gives you the quick rundown of, of what to expect. One boat to rule you them know? all. And uh, I think that that is pretty simple. That is something you, you could run fairly easy for for any kind of group. Yeah. And, you know, by the, by the way, like playing classic Dungeons and Dragons is actually a great time. You know, when I did that quick Theros one shot for yeah. you guys, I felt like that in some ways was like, the most fun that that group had had in a while. That, it, <laughs> you know? I, I loved it. That was, Oh man, my playing my Minotaur was so, so fun. I, I never in a million years would yeah. have thought that he'd have been, uh, an animal lover and tame a giant vulture. So that was neat. Yeah. Um, that was very neat. I, you know, I've been, I'm very much of the school of thought where I don't necessarily go into a, uh, into running with, with like, uh, uh, like, what do I want to say with this campaign? Mm -hmm. To me, it's always been about the moment to moment, like we'll find out what this campaign is about together because it should Mm -hmm. come from the character interactions. I've been, 
I've been listening to the uh, the Twice Bitten podcast, which is an, a very well done actual play of the uh, Curse of Strahd, and it's run by Dragna Carta, who's one of the big uh, moderators over on the Curse of Strahd subreddit. Um, who, by the way, is excellent. The guy goes by Dragna Carta, um, and that podcast has had such good inter-party RP. They're patient. They, they have these great quiet moments. They take time to, to verbalize like what hand they're holding the mug in that they're drinking in. So they can put the other hand on their party members shoulder when there's something bad going down. Like they think of all these really wonderful little things. And I feel like it's those kind of interactions that really wind up bringing out those special themes and stuff that I think we sometimes want to try to build our story around instead of just allowing that stuff to show up organically. Yeah, I, I I think so. So it's, I do like to go in with a premise, right. Or a theme, but I, uh, but I am open to that premise or theme changing. And I think it's good not to stay too rigid. And and sometimes what you think you want to say is not ultimately what is said. And then that's also okay. So, and you know, when we joked a lot going into this and it's okay to run a, a fun or silly campaign. And so I think the story about a, a, you know, water cultist lends itself to some comedy, <laughs> but there's definitely a way to run it with, um, with a lot of seriousness. Oh, sure. And, and with lots of serious. Yeah. And, and the last thing I want to say as we, as we wrap up is, um, you know, I had a big event for my students. Like I, I promised them, I, I said, well, would you guys like it if we had like a long Saturday session? And they were like, oh yeah, please. We definitely want to. Oh do yeah. That. Who says no? To and, that? and, and that was a lot like our old college days, you know, and, and that was fun to do. So I said, okay, we're going to hang out from, you know, 10 till about three. Nice. Level we'll lunch break. I ordered some pizza. There you go. It was great. I had three tables, three different games going on. Uh, one table I was running and I'm running mythic odysseys of Theros mm. for, for this group. And they're all part of a family of uh, Triton nobles that yeah, are on a yeah. quest to, to, to get a magical um, artifact from the land of the dead. So, you know, there's some, there's some cool stuff going on there. And, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, this, this group loves to joke around and they, and you know, I don't mind it. They, uh, they like to keep a, a quote book and, and read it all at the end and have out of context. Books. They nice. Think that's, really funny. that's a, that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, it's fun. So, you know, we, we, that was all well and good, but I definitely wanted them to understand that there was a lot more to be gained from this experience oh, totally. as a, like a medium. Right. And so how do you get players to, to get closer together? Well, one way to do is pain. and they just kept running into trouble after trouble in this simple dungeon i had built (laughs) and that like one of their family members died he rolled a one on his death save 
Um, and he already and he, had a and fail. He, and he, well, he was under the effects of like this pretty nasty debuff. So I treated Ooh. it as one failure before he rolled. Um, Man, that's rough. so it felt pretty natural. So, I mean, all of a sudden, all the jokes went out the door. They started taking things real serious. Wow. They run over to this other room where this demon was hoarding a bunch of treasure. And they basically just beat the living hell out of this demon, you know, and that's appropriate. They kill this. They kill this thing in like 15 seconds so that they can steal the diamonds that he has so they can use revivify. Oh, that's perfect. And they run over to him and I'm counting the seconds like per round as we go through. And I'm like with 15 seconds to spare, you know, you know, breath returns to your brother's lungs. And like one of the players was like, Oh, I just, I fall down. I just hug him. I just wrap my arms around him. Oh. And and another one's like, oh, I join in. See? You know? And the, like a whole family is like, just like holding each other, like on the floor of this like wet dungeon. Right. Oh my God. And that's so I was good. Like, God, that's beautiful. You know, that's really great. That's the stuff. And that's where I felt like they were like, okay, now you guys are, are starting to get it. Yeah. You guys are starting to feel like w- the truth of what this this game can yes. can offer man that was very satisfying That's, that was a saturday well spent darn right i could not agree more i wish i was there that god that sounds fun you'll have to just drag me in by video next time and i'll i'll, <laughs> I'll cameo dude it'll be i'll be a blast well this is starting to look like one of our original 10 episodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty Holy epic. moly. So I'm going to have to, well, I'll be working on this. Just for a cut little all bit. this stuff about KFC at the beginning. No, that's <laughs> the best stuff about this episode. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. The, um, you don't have to. But I'm yeah, the take editor. us away, Andrew. <laughs> okay. what, do, what do we got? Where, where should the people go? Well, everybody, thank you again for hanging out with us tonight um, or today or this afternoon, depending on when you listen to this. I just want to say thank you to our patrons, uh, Spike, Logan, Kate, and who's our, we got a fourth patron on our Patreon. That's right. I I actually did read his name starting last week too, but Fallon Gore is also with us. Um, So if you guys want to, join us and use your real names. That's great. If you want us to, you know, say your, your gamer tag or whatever, that's all cool too. Just so long as it's not gross or, uh, non family friendly. Cause, uh, yeah, we're not going to read that. Um, anyway, (laughs) thank you to all of you. We love you extra, extra, extra much. And if you would like to, be like those four fine individuals head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and jump on the inspiration train. And uh, if you would like to connect with us or support us that way, you can also just head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com in the upper right hand corner of the website or just the top. If you're on phone, you'll see three little bubbles for Facebook Twitter and Patreon. Just 
Just click on the one you want and it'll take you right where you need to go. So until next time, embrace the simple things. Go randomly design a dungeon. Clear your mind. Experiment. And see what inspiration strikes for you. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye.